Should you trust Dalvin Cook in your lineups this weekend? Is it time to cut bait on Chris Hogan? And we play a Would You Rather with Kiki QT, plus the second-place team in the FFPC main event. Josh Siegel joins us to talk about what he thinks of Naheem Hines the rest of the way, what to do with your Broncos wideouts, and much, much more. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Falkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Once upon a time, not long ago, when people wore pajamas and lived life slow, when laws were stern and justice stood, and people were behaving like they ought to good, there lived a little boy who was misled by another little boy, and this is what he wrote. Me and you tonight, we're going to make some cash, robbing old folks and making the dance. They did the job, money came with ease But one couldn't stop, it's like he had a disease He robbed another and another and a sister and a brother Tried to rob a man who was a DC undercover The cop grabbed his arm, he started acting erratic Broadcast live and heard around the world You are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour Presented by MyFFPC.com With your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Shot for the head, he shot back, but he missed up. Looked around good and from expectations, he decided he'd hit for the subway station. But she was coming and he made a left. He was running top speed till he was out of breath. Thanks a lot, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all of you Balkaholics and Gerzak and addicts out there. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host, as always, is the patron saint, of fantasy football. He is the Dizzle. He is Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show is Doug Baldwin primed for a bounce back going forward. Is Austin Hooper on the cusp of a breakout? And Josh Siegel, the second place team owner in the FFPC main event, shares with us why he added Deontay Foreman, whether we can start expecting bigger things for Duke Johnson, and so much more. Shout out to the chat room right now. Feel free to post any questions you might have in there if you want to connect with us on Twitter. Uh, the show is at HSFFHour. I am at Eric Balkman. Dave is at David Gerzak. Josh is at SalesRecruiter underscore. You can paste, uh, paste. You can post on our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash HSFFHour. And if you want to call in tonight and talk with us, talk with Josh at 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. You can also email the show at the inbox, highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, now is indeed the time to send them. We'll try to get to all the chat room questions, tweets, and emails in the fantasy feedback segment later on in the show. Spoiler alert on that, Dave. I believe we have an email or a question in from audio engineer Bryce. Excellent. Yeah, well, uh, he's going to talk about his league. Well, he won't talk about it. I'm going to talk about it. And then, uh, of course, our mutual friend and producer, as always, Rob, working very hard behind the glass, pushing the buttons tonight. How are you this evening? I'm good. Um, Your voice is a little raspy. It's, it's not like, good. I, I have, you know, I've, I got this these two local t, uh, TV, these two local radio shows, and I, the last three days I have opened each of these shows apologizing to the listeners right away. It's because not terribly bad. It's, it's, actually it's, kind of, it's getting better. It's, it's a little just, sultry. It's, yeah, it's, it's, well, this is my phone sex voice, too. <laughs> I mean, I, a lot of radio guys, you probably don't know this, but a lot of people in the radio business also moonlight as phone sex operators. Nice. Now, since the dawn of the Internet, that has kind of gone bye-bye. But the, the true greats in the business, you know, me, um, uh, Mort Gettelstein, of course, we all know him, 
and um, uh, Samuel uh, Jones Smith, uh, some of the legends in the phone sex business. Peter, Mar Peter North. Yeah, uh, well, Peter North is more of a visual guy. <laughs> but uh, we're, we're still operating and, and doing everything uh, oh, as great. strong as we can. Yeah, nice job. Thank you. One of the other things I moonlight doing is a host for Rotoviz Radio, and you can check out the latest episode of the High Stakes Lowdown, rotoviz.com slash podcast. We have a 24th team, uh, 24th place team owner in the FFPC main event. That was Jason Averly. He and I talked about a lot of stuff on the latest uh, high-stakes load, a lot of stuff on the Bears' backfield, the Packers' backfield, the Patriots' backfield, a lot of running back questions. Hopefully we're, we gave you the correct answers on those going forward. Jason, a former guest of this show, and uh, was on the, the high-stakes load on this week, rotoviz.com slash podcast. You can also check us out on Spreaker as well. If you uh, search for Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown or just High Stakes Lowdown on Spreaker, you can uh, get that uh, right to your Spreaker app as well. Uh, that is enough of that. Let's get into the show tonight, ladies and gentlemen. I want to bring on our guest. He says uh, the FFPC, without a doubt, is his favorite format, and he continues to add new leagues each year, winning five of his nine leagues in the FFPC last season. Wow. He decided to take one of his prizes, Dave, as a main event team after his wife gave him the green light to draft live in Las Vegas at Planet Hollywood. He rounded up 10, count them, 10 of his buddies, and they all came out with him awesome. for the draft. Last minute, he decided to split and co-own a second team with his good friend Sean O'Donnell, and both of those teams are in first place in their leagues uh, in the main event with his Jets and Dean squad being ranked second overall. That team was named after his son, who passed away last year after only being alive for one day. Uh, however, after his seven-year-old boy and his three-year-old girl, he was actually diagnosed with stage four cancer a few years ago. He was told he wasn't going to be able to have any more kids. Wow. What's crazy, Dave, is that he and his wife ended up getting pregnant again, and his wife is five months pregnant currently, likely delivering at the end of December, right after Justin Dean is crowned the FFPC wow. main event champ. That's good story, really. Yeah, it doesn't have to ascend very much higher as it is in second place overall right now. Please welcome that squad's owner to the program, Mr. Josh Siegel. Josh, welcome into the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight, man. Hey, gentlemen, man, what an introduction. I, uh, I appreciate it and, you know, certainly happy to, to be part of the show, man. appreciate the invitation. Well, first of all, I think you've, uh, you've accomplished a lot in life and, and certainly things that, you know, you had a couple of bad bounces, uh, clearly, but you have, you have rebounded from that and then some. So congratulations, really, on, on the upswing. And, and uh, I, I suppose fantasy football takes a little bit of a backseat to everything that's been going on, but you've got to love the way that this season's going for you thus far. Hey, man. No, I've absolutely. Uh, I'm a big believer. There's just a couple things in life we have control of and, uh, you know, attitude and, and, and work ethic. Right. And uh, I've just always kind of maintained a, a pretty positive attitude. And, you know, I always try to what what is a post and pray when you set your lineups and, you know, hope you set the right one. Right. So, you know, positive attitudes, I feel, have, have kind of taken me a long way in life. And I, I kind of found my natural uh, career in recruiting, so I, I basically help people kind of match up and and find the right sales careers, and uh, you know, kind of enjoy help giving back and helping people kind of uh, reach their uh, their you know, so-called professional dreams. And, and that and that's that leads into my first question: Have you been basically you you've had a lot of experience? Have you been doing the sales recruiting thing a lot a long time? 
Yeah, I've been doing it about 12 years and um, got two business partners. My, my company's premier on board. We're, we're a boutique company. I have uh, 20 awesome employees. And uh, right now we're, we're based in Denver, uh, have an office in Oklahoma City. I'm based in, in Dallas. And uh, yeah, man, we, you know, we've been doing it for about seven years, premier on board as a, as a team and, and been growing quite a bit. And, uh, you know, we, we really try to pride ourselves on, on hiring great people that kind of share the same, same mindset, right? That positive attitude that we try to try to pursue well my friend you came on the wrong pod podcast for positivity. <laughs> that's not true at all just all right just kidding we're generally positive so well once you hang up talking i will tear each other apart but that's all right this, yep. this is a good part of the show yeah so congratulations uh you know where you're at in the main event sony michelle has really helped you get up there the past few weeks now, is, Buck, is he questionable this week with uh, something going on? Yeah, bit? I believe uh, – I, I, I have to check my facts and figures on this. I believe all 53 members of the Patriots were listed yeah, as questionable this right. week. Now, yeah. I know for – I can tell you for sure that both Michelle, Gronk, Chris Hogan, and um, Josh Gordon are for sure all listed as questionable. All right, very good. Now, Burke had doubtful with IR. Yeah, Burkhead may or may not play <laughs> off IR. Anyway, we'll see what happens. There is a question here. So where do you think uh, Sonny Michelle finishes amongst running backs at season's end, uh, especially since he came on? Yeah, you know, you got to love uh, Belichick running backs. And call me crazy, I, I actually was investing in them, and my mindset was to invest in, in Sony specifically uh, at the beginning of the year. He was a target of mine. And, um, you know, certainly did a, a bunch of the early drafts, uh, some of the 350s earlier in the year. And he was just going so early, you know, what, third, fourth, fifth round. And uh, I, just, I just thought it was kind of a bargain, um, you know, just him not – going to training camp and um, just just really uh, I kind of looked at like the Odell Beckham thing right you know just a star in the making but no one got to see him on the field and, and really uh, I, I felt that kept his value down so um, obviously we know the the history of, of running backs with Belichick isn't always supportive but um, I mean first round pick um, you know, we, there was success there with Corey Dillon way back when, but uh, we—I just felt his, the investment of Belichick and just this offense having a lot of touchdown to potential. Um, I love him going forward. Um, there's some concerns I have, I would say, just with his lack of, um, you know, participation in the passing game and James White getting a lot of those catches. I just—I just see going forward, uh, you know, no, no less than the same, but I, I can see a lot more potential with touchdowns going forward and then them getting more involved in the passing game because every time he's on the field, it's like they're running. So Belichick's smart. He's going to switch it up. He's going to have to throw more passing plays in there with him on the field. So I see him, you know, my goal is for him to, you know, hopefully finish in, in the top 10 because that's kind of where, you know, my mindset was when I draft. And I always like to get running backs like him with the high upside later on. That's kind of the, my strategy. And one of the things, I mean, you mentioned it, I think there's this negative uh, connotation of, of, of staying away from Patriots running backs and drafts because you never know which one is going to blow up on any given week. But the track record states that, look, if you get the right one, uh, you can do some damage because the Patriots running backs as a team, by and large, are one of the highest scoring uh, running back uh, squads in the NFL over the last half decade, maybe even over the last decade, too. And the fact of the matter is this. There, Jeremy Hill is on IR. Rex Burkhead is on IR. I mean, it's basically James White and it's Sony Michelle. And when you can get all that running back production split out between just two guys, it's going to be very difficult to go wrong with either one of them on a week to week basis. And certainly, Sony Michelle looks very, very good for you right now, Josh. Moving on, I, I want to talk about another running back, uh, Naheem Hines. He's on this second place team in the FFPC main event that you have as well. Is he the Colts running back? that you not only want to own right now, 
but also start as, as, you know, basically you could start him as a running back too, but for sure as a flex going forward. I mean, your thoughts on Naheem Hines being an every week starter and then the FFPC main event. Yeah, it's a good question. I, I look at Naheem Hines as, as kind of like an Ahmad Bradshaw, and uh, if we remember what he did with Luck the first you know year or two, uh, I mean he was a borderline running back one and got a lot of a lot of play in the passing game, and uh, I mean I think he had nine or so touchdowns. Uh, so that's kind of where I'm seeing him fitting into this offense. Um, obviously, we know that there's Marlon Mack there, and they got a bunch of other guys. Turbin, just, I know, just came off uh, suspension. But, I mean, the reality is he's proven that he's a playmaker. And uh, this team's just been starving running backs from, from the get-go. I mean, gosh, you know, poor Trent Richardson, right? So, um, <laughs> other than that, I mean, they really, they really don't have anyone that I see that's going to make an impact. Marlon Mack's there. I saw he's coming back this week. He's still obviously got, I think it's a hamstring issue. Um, listen, I mean, the guy, the guy's done a little bit when he's been healthy, but Naheem Hines, he's, he's put the fumbling behind him. Um, I think that was another thing that got his, uh, his price tag down. I, I think I drafted him in the 15th round of, of this Jets and Dean team. And, you know, he's certainly proven to be a, a pretty, pretty solid value for us. Yeah, that's cheap for Heinz. Wow. Yeah, fantastic. for sure. Um, Moose, so let's, let's stick with running back, actually. We're talking about Dante Foreman. Deonta, Deonta, whatever the hell. Foreman from Houston. Not the guy who has the grilling boxing empire. Not George. Right. Uh, when does he take, so the question is, when does he take over as Houston's lead back? But I think more importantly is, do we think he comes back from that, you know, pretty bad injury? Next week is when I think he's eligible to come back. And, I mean, if, if so, do yeah. you think he's a league winner on that offense? Well, I'm a big believer. It's always about stacking running backs. Um, certainly your hope is one's going to come out of nowhere. And he's, he's one of those people I think has, has that potential. Um, Lamar Miller, you know, he, he certainly uh, was activated last week, but blue blue is the one who got all the touches and blue is just one of those, one of those guys that he, you know what he's going to do, right? He's a, he's a, he's a plunger. I call those guys, right? So he's going to do the bare minimum, but um, someone like Foreman who he's got a lot of potential and this, this same thing, it's, it's a, it's an offense that, has loads of potential. Uh, obviously, that you know, with Kute and um, you know Fuller and, and Hopkins, uh, they, they they need someone that's going to be able to push the chains. And and I think Foreman can be that guy. I I just picked him up uh, last week, and um, I got Blue on on that team as well. I'm not expecting Blue to do much, but I figure it's it's more of a handcuff than anything. But yeah, my hope is is Foreman to to be someone I can plug in as a, as a running back to or, or flex play uh, later in the season. Uh, you know, I got a chance to scope out his schedule um, and he's, uh, he's got some, some good home games. And, you know, I see the, I see Houston is more dominant as a home team and, you know, him just finally uh, hopefully getting some action. But as we all know, it does, it comes to, it comes around the injury. I mean, the Achilles injury for running backs is, is devastating. Um, I, you know, I think what I'm, I'm Broncos fan. So DT was someone I know that came back from one of those, but it's just, it's not too common. So, um, you know, it's just, it's one of those things I'm, I'm hoping and praying. I got him off waivers, but, um, you know, I, I expect him to, uh, to be someone that can put the lineup later in the year. Talking with Josh Siegel, the second place team in the FFPC main event heading into week six. Josh, as we enter the the bye weeks now. There's only two teams on bye this week, but next week starts the four teams and sometimes six team bye weeks. With uh, with um, the four teams being out of action starting next week, can high stakes owners, in your opinion, safely drop uh, Jamison Crowder if they do need to fill in at 
you know, defense, kicker, tight end, quarterback, what have you? Or do you think he's still worth hanging on to? My personal thought is if we were going to see something, we would have seen something in the last game against New Orleans, um, you know, where, where you thought that it would be an up-and-down shoot, shootout type affair. And uh, Crowder, I think, ended up with like nine fantasy points or nine or ten. It wasn't great. Um, I had, in leagues I have him in, I, I still held on to him, but I don't know. As we get into next week, is he a guy that you can feel okay dropping? That's a really good question, and uh, I, I believe he was drafted in the eighth round of, of uh, my Jets and Dean League uh, main event team, and uh, I saw him dropped after week three. So I jumped on it. Uh, I was able to pick him up week five, um, and uh, I, I think I got him for $188, give or take. And, um, yeah, you're, you're 100% right. If there was a week for him to do something, it was last week against the Saints, and he uh, he, he got, I think, eight or nine targets. He, he got the targets he needed, but – no one produced in that game. I think that was the big disappointment is everyone on the Redskins fell right on their face. So um, am I am I dropping them? No, I'm not dropping them. And, and the reason why is I think back to the training camp connection that him and Smith had. And uh, we were all glued to those reports from Bleacher Report and, uh, and whatnot and football guys, of course, right? So, you know, at the end of the day, um, someone's going to come out of that group as a, as a leading wide receiver, and he's the best candidate. Okay, I mean, you got sure you got Paul Richardson there, and and Doxson's always hurt, but um, Jamison Crowder, he's gonna, he's he's got the potential to be a thousand, you know, yard wide receiver, and um, I'm not dropping him until I at least give him a couple more weeks. He's got the targets, uh, just you know, someone from that from that passing game is gonna have to click, but you know, low end flex at the best at this point. You own many shares of Crowder, Boston? I have, I believe, one. One that I know of, there's a chance I might have two. I have not started him yet this season. Yeah, well, well you know, that's right. Yeah. That's, so that's, I don't know if that's an indictment of my of my roster depth or, uh, you know, just uh, how good my starters have been. I'm not really sure. But, yeah, I'm not feeling great about him going forward. But I have not dropped him yet. All right, there you go. Um, so how are you, how are you looking right now, uh, Josh, for your blind betting budgets? Do you have, do you have a lot of money left in your very, in the leagues where you're doing well? Or are you getting, you know, are you one of those people who's, like, got 55, 60 bucks left out of 1,000? Which is, by the way, that's how I usually am about now. Yeah, no. Uh, so, you, as you said in the intro, I do have two main event teams, and and my uh, my co-owned team with my buddy Sean, um, something really interesting happened that uh, we didn't expect, and Doug, Doug Baldwin was dropped week one in that league. Uh, wow. We have Russell Wilson as our quarterback. So, as we know, um, they're typically, you know, a, a, a beast at the end of the season, right? I mean, I think uh, the last couple of years, Russell Wilson's been the leading point goer, you know, the last three or four weeks. And, I mean, come on, why do we play the FFPC, which, again, is my favorite league for a reason, right? You know, so, you know, we got to stack <laughs> up weeks 14 through 16. And, and come on, man, the Seahawks are always crushing at the end of the year. So, yeah, we basically blew our load, man, on that guy. Um, I think we did around 900 bucks or so on him, and so yeah, we're uh, we're about I think we're about 20 or 30 dollars, give or take. Might be a little generous oh, on funny. that number, but um, um, again, it was one of those things I felt like we had to do. But generally speaking, I, I think it's smart to spend anywhere between 50 and 60 percent of your bankroll over the first like three or four weeks. Sure, is there always someone that comes out of nowhere, and there's always injuries, and you're going to have a third string running back that gets to bump up and, you know, you're putting them in as a flex play due to volume. Absolutely. It's going to happen. 
but I'm saving my blind bid money, you know, because I want to blow it the first couple of weeks on someone that I know is going to have a big impact. And, um, you know, I think, uh, I think, uh, and it's always good because as we know, there's four teams typically that you're, you know, competing against for bidding in the playoffs. And then usually between one and three for, you know, the last week before you go to week 14. So I think, uh, as long as you save about, you know, 50 to $80 before that, you're, you're okay. So, you know, I'm just this is a little informal survey. So you came out to Vegas. So do you gamble in a similar way? Do you manage your blind bidding? Do you, so you were there for, let's say, three or four <laughs> days. Do you take, like, three, four grand, and, like, by Friday night, you're like, you know, you got, like, 120 bucks left out of your four grand. You're like, damn it, I blew on the crap table. I played blackjack, and then I put 500 bucks on 35, and I lost some roulette. Or are you more, like, normal <laughs> when it comes to well, actually gambling? I don't know if I can answer that honestly because I'm not sure if my wife's going to listen to this or not. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, actually, I'm, I'm pretty reserved um, when it comes to, <laughs> to gambling. I, I like to call myself a, a calculated gambler. I, I do like to play, you know, stuff that I feel like I have a little bit of control on. I, I you know, I've done pretty well in poker in in my life, uh, but fantasy football is, you know, certainly what I enjoy the most. And as we can say, calculated gambling. We all have full control of fantasy football, don't we, gentlemen? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, there's no luck at all in this. Correct. Thank you. Right, we right. That Not at all. For all the, all the regulators and legislators that are listening, this is gospel right here. Take this to the proverbial bank. Josh, let's talk about Austin Hooper, the tight end for Atlanta, here for a second. I'm curious, is he about to have a big breakout right now, a uh, big breakout season, or is he still outside the top ten uh, tight ends for you? You know, he had that big week last week. I'm curious, you know, with Sanu and Ridley and Jones um, all ahead of him, and you would think in the pecking order in Atlanta, um, that goes into the answer to this question, I'm sure. But what also has to go into it is it's been a wasteland for tight ends again this year outside of the top three. Where does Austin Hooper fall among the tight ends in that landscape? Yeah, you said it, not me. What a garbage year for tight ends, huh? Holy moly. Yeah, so – with that said, um, it's just like anyone for tight, the tight end position with outside of those top three. It's a crapshoot. Um, is, is Hooper going to get seven targets and, and score a touchdown and, and 80 yards like he did a couple weeks ago? Or, or I think last week he had a catch for like 12 yards or something, you know? So, uh, I mean, that's, that's just what you're going to get with a lot of these tight ends right now. There's just not a lot of consistency. Um, you know, one of the guys that I had a lot of hope going into the year that I, that's certainly taken Jets and Dean to the number two spot is, is Ebron. Uh, the guy's just making a, an impression impressive impact three touchdowns you know last couple games he's got five on the season um leading all the tight ends and um but as far as hooper goes i mean like you said what is there ridley sanu um obviously julio and then you got a couple running backs he's fighting with targets so am i am i starting with confidence not really but i'm not really starting any tight ends with confidence this year you know yeah i couldn't agree more yeah i mean the thing is now here's I own Austin Hooper in a lot of leagues, and I always have. It seems you, like always, you always have been. Yeah, I don't, and I don't even like him all that much. But yeah, you've been like the, Cooper, the biggest Cooper owner I know. But I feel like because of that, I'm always defending him irrationally. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to get my guys, and then I'm defending them. I feel like it's like every time on this show, I'm the lawyer in court, and I have this long laundry list of underperforming fantasy players that I'm scheduled to represent in court that day, led yeah. by Corey Davis. Austin Hooper. Eddie Lacy. Eddie Lacy is another <laughs> Back big one. Yeah, for sure. Even now, you know, Eddie Lacy, repeat offender. He should con- sign him. I don't know why. I'm I saying, like, look, yeah, exactly. Why is this guy on, 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 on the waiver wire? You know, you guys are trotting out. 
players like um, uh, Jamal Charles, the the the, the uh, corpse of Jamal Charles signing with Jacksonville, and you can't find a spot for Eddie Lacy. Come on. Okay. Anyway, Dave, let's. <laughs> Speaking of corpses, let's talk about Cleveland here for a second. Hey, they're a good, they're a good damn team, Walkie. And they, they've been coming on. Same record as Green Bay. So I don't know if that's an indictment of Green Bay or if it's praise for Cleveland. Too many ties. Um, so their upcoming schedule, they're going to be playing at some questionable defenses. They've got <laughs> the great young talent, Baker Mayfield. The Buccaneers, Steelers, Chiefs, Falcons. It's like well, all those totals, Walkie, are going to be like in the 50s. Astronomical. By the way, scoring, I was reading this Walkie Journal article today, scoring is up like... A few points this year. I mean, it's only it's, look. They talk about global warming, like that's a big thing. Scoring the NFL is up way higher than global warming. Al Gore, sorry, I can't. Not up this I can't remember if if I brought this up on this show, but I think headed into Week Four of the season, the average quarterback rating um, in the NFL, the average Dave was two points higher than Aaron Rodgers' career quarterback rating. Well, it's Rodgers, a, he's over it. It's a, well, I'm just saying. I'm just kidding. Well, I'm, just, right. I'm putting no, that out there that clearly, you know, the quarterback plays up, which in turn makes the scoring go up. All right, so actually the question is, I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask a two-fold question, because they they're wondering if Duke Johnson, they, meaning whoever wrote this stupid question, is Duke Johnson going to come alive now? But also, what do you think about Nick Chubb? Do you think, he, you know, they talked about him getting more carries after he had that, what, three for 105 and two touchdowns right. game. Um, what do you think, Chubb, Duke Johnson, or you know, or is it just going to be back to Carlos Hyde, who's actually been pretty productive? So yeah, we're talking about the Browns, right? <laughs> Very unpredictable yeah. as far as what they're doing. Ah, <laughs> uh, man. So Duke Johnson, the guy's a stud. Uh, look, look what he can do with the ball in his hands. But they're just not giving him the touches this year. He's someone I'm really high on, and I'm a I'm also a big big fan of the of the pass pass catching running backs. And, I mean, I, I think there's talk about putting him at wide receiver just because they're starved at, at that spot now. And now that they don't have Josh Gordon, uh, they really just don't have a lot of playmakers, okay? So, as far as as far as far um, Hyde goes, he's a plotter, too, you know. And then you got you got Chubb, and, and Chubb looks good on a few of these long runs. Um, I, I actually am excited about what Chubb can do. He's someone I was targeting um, in, in a bunch of my leagues. I, didn't, I actually own him in no, none of my nine spots, uh, none of my nine FFBC leagues, but um, just because he was going way, way earlier than I was hoping I'd get him. And um, I think the owners that picked him up, um, he's, he's going to be a, a surprise later in the year. But regardless, Duke Johnson is going to have a role. His role is just not going to go away because he's always going to be in on on third downs and they're a team that's most likely going to be trailing. I know they have a, a good schedule coming up. The next like four games are pretty, pretty juicy. So um, you could see some Duke Johnson action. Uh, he was actually someone that uh, I was targeting. So, you know, back to the waivers thing, crazily, people were thinking like, what, what kind of league am I in for a main event league? Cause Duke Johnson and Ronald Jones were both actually dropped uh, just last week in that league. Um, and I put bids on both of them. They went for more than, than you know what I put out there. But um, you know they're both they're both guys I could see as, as certainly still being a flex play this year. Yeah, for sure. I think Duke Johnson. I think you know he didn't come out. He well, he actually what he did is he came out and made a point of saying I'm not going to go complain to the coaching staff about getting you know not getting the ball. Which so which to me was like he's complaining about not getting the ball. Which is actually kind of cool of him going away because he got that contract last year. So he's like. Yeah, hell, man, I'm getting paid. It's like, listen, if you guys don't use <laughs> yeah, exactly. me, I'm just going to extend my career, and I'm going to get another deal from somebody exactly. who wants to use me, and I don't have a lot of tread on my tires. I'm totally Very fine true. with that. That's like the Le'Veon Bell strategy right now. It's like I want to come back, and I, 
I'll, you know, I'll play so I can get paid. Just don't use me a ton. Just get James Conner out there and, and use him more. That's the, 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 the LB strategy. Let's get to a, a few emails uh, for you tonight, uh, Josh, that came in this week. Charlie in Southfield, Michigan, wants to know, how do you handle the Broncos wide receivers going forward? Start Thomas and Sanders because Denver is always coming from behind or bench them because the quarterback play continues to be bad again. Good luck in the main event. Thank you for the email, Charlie in Southfield, Michigan. Well, you should have some expertise in, in this, uh, Josh, as far as Sanders and Thomas, and you want to throw Sutton in there as well. But what are you doing with these Denver receivers going forward if you own them anywhere? Yeah, Charlie, thanks for the question. So, yeah, you're definitely talking to a diehard Broncos fan. Gave up my season tickets to move to Texas. That's another story, right? But uh, anyways, um, gosh, man, what you know, to do with these there. Broncos wide receivers? <laughs> um, so – don't play him this week. I mean, not with confidence. It's it's going to snow in Denver. Um, I expect uh, that offense to be lethargic as they have in the last few weeks. So um, probably not as bad as their defense giving up 300 yards rushing, which is just a poor effort pretty much. But um, I, see, uh, I still see uh, Sanders leading the way. I actually drafted Sanders about five spots before DT went in our startup or in our uh, main event league for Jets and Dean there. So I, I thought – Sanders was going to be the leading receiver. He's proved me right. Um, but, you know, DT until this last week hasn't done anything. I think he finally had his first 20-point game of the season. Uh, may have even been his first touchdown. Um, he just he just doesn't pass the eye test for me any, as much anymore. Um, I would say Des Bryant and, and um, you know, DT are on a, on a similar path. Uh, you know, wouldn't be surprised if DT's not in the Broncos next year. So I know it's a little brutal to say, but Sutton's, uh, Sutton's look great in short action. I've already seen him have two touchdowns called back and then one touchdown I think that was missed. They gave him like a PI on or something whack. But um, he's, a, he's a guy that I, I actually own on both of my main event teams, Sutton. So um, I'm holding on to him. Um, I think either DT falls off the radar or there could be another injury. Um, I think Sutton's a, the dark horse to you know really be someone you can put in your lineup just like a Galladay this year. With confidence. Yeah, for sure, and I'm and I'm with you on Sutton. I own him in two or three dynasty leagues right now, and, and I'm looking forward not, not necessarily for this year, but I think 2019. He's the type of guy that could threaten to be a top 25 receiver next year, even in his second year in the league. And we're not really sure what the quarterback situation is going to look like in Denver, Dave. Well, if we get a little bit, I mean, if there is some injury of of, of some sort in Denver, you could have a Juju Smith-Schuster type. That is entirely possible. Of the season with Sutton. I don't think he has the the playmaking, uh, pun intended, juju that Smith-Schuster has, but I think that that there is a a lot of volume um, in in what Sutton could have in Denver if he takes over as being a complimentary receiver to Emmanuel Sanders or, Dave, if he becomes the man there over over Sanders, which I think is the Denver plan there long term. I agree, actually. And by the way, I I think Juju is like a really special player. I mean, like, Playmaker. I think he's just a really fantastic, awesome football player. Good person. He's not, you know, great on Twitter. I think once Antonio Brown moves on, which may not be that long, Juju's going to be like a long-time WR1 at, at, at Pittsburgh. Even if well, they've got to gonna, figure out the quarterback situation. They'll figure that out. So, but, but, yeah, you're right. I mean, as long as it's adequate there, he should be very, very good. I mean, I, put, I, I, mean, I, I don't know. I can't say who I put him on par with, I guess. But, I mean, I, I feel like he's a high-character person as well, kind of like Fitz in that regard. I'm not putting him on par on par with Fitz, but I think Juju's just so special. So I don't want to get him up. I don't want to get something up there with. No, Fitz. no, that's fine. 
The Smiths are Juju. That's, that's way too high. Right. Person. No, I get it. He's uh, he's uh, he's got a ways to go before he gets there. Maybe he gets there at some point, but uh, he's got some work to do before we get there. Hey, let's keep talking about the receivers. Uh, Jack in Oklahoma City. Been going back and forth on this all week. Will Fuller at home against the Bills or Tyler Lockett at the Raiders? Who do I start as my second flex? Thank you for the email, Jack in Oklahoma City. Uh, Josh, your thoughts on this. Would you be going with Fuller uh, hosting the Bills, or is Tyler Lockett the play at Oakland? Well, until I see Fuller healthy for a full game, I don't know if I can put him out there. Um, that's you know you got to realize Kute just passed him um, on the depth chart, in my opinion. You know, obviously in targets and as, as far as potential. Now, now Fuller's got that long touchdown potential, as we all know. Um, could he get a, a long touchdown or two? Absolutely. But I guess you know Locke is kind of the same way. Um, the thing is with with Lockett, I, I feel I feel pretty confident in in what he can do against the Raiders. And sure, it is the Buffalo Bills, but for me, it's the health that makes me feel a lot more confident putting in you know someone that's going to get between seven and nine targets and Lockett in the game. It's entirely possible that game too, and and I don't want to. Um... I don't want to be presumptuous here, but if Houston is able to get out to a lead, uh, who knows? Maybe it's the Alfred Blue show, and, and he ends up uh, you know, being the, exactly. the Houston guy you want to play behind DeAndre Hopkins, so, uh, who's a little bit banged up himself. I mean, well, and you know, Honestly, every piece of that Houston passing game right now is dinged up. You have Deshaun Watson with the chest. Hopkins has been nursing ankle and foot and leg injuries pretty much all season. Fuller and QT have the hamstring issue. What so, the hell is everybody's problem? I don't know. I, it's, it's, it's one of those things. Too much. Have some of that barbecue. Like, yeah, get some protein. Maybe, maybe it's too much barbecue, and it's slowing them down, <laughs> and they're not stretching out. I have no idea. I mean, our, our resident Texas barbecue. Exactly. Josh, give us the skinny on the Texas barbecue. Is that what's slowing down the Texans? I know you're a Dallas <laughs> guy, but awesome. still. Well, the 40 LBs I put on since I've moved here in the last four years, uh, maybe not 40, but pretty <laughs> close. I mean, the f- are you kidding me? The food is amazing here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, that's certainly the best part is, uh, is the food. Yeah, well, you know, I, I do miss four seasons. Um, yeah. But uh, I'll, I'll take the food. I'll take the food and the family, that's for sure. Yeah, so we got. definitely. Absolutely. Uh, you've been very gracious with your time, Josh. Before we let you go, Dave has one final question for you. Yes, yeah, so this is the question we always pretend that our listeners pay attention to, but I'm not sure that they do. So give us an early round sub, but a lot bulky and I actually pay attention. Give us an early round sub that you think you want to wanna think twice about starting this weekend, as well as a late round sleeper that deserves to be in lineups this week. Well, um, all right. So I would say, and I think a few people are still a little hesitant on on Devontae Freeman. Um, Sure, he's getting some press. He's coming back. But if you look at what he's done the last six games, it just hasn't been enough for me to feel confident putting him back in my lineup and thinking that he's the healthy, uh, you know, Devontae Freeman of past. So, so he's someone I'm going to definitely second guess putting in my lineup. Also, you know, there's what three guys there now to run in the ball with, you know, Ito Smith joining the mix. So, um, I'm going to be hesitant putting him in my lineup. Now, as far as someone I'm going to be more confident in, someone we just talked about recently is, is Tyler Lockett. And, um, we talked about how much I bid on Baldwin, and that's uh, that's to be determined. But Lockett has been uh, incredibly consistent. Um, I think he's one of the top five receivers in the league in, in touchdowns this year. So the downfall, and we haven't really got to it too much, is just the Seattle passing game. 
I don't know what they're doing, but what Russell Wilson has less than 50 rushing yards on the year, and I saw they had the least amount of pass attempts um, yeah, ever in like last lack of volume, several years. Right? I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah, you. Isn't so it, that's it the only like thing. They always have the lack of volume. Yeah, go ahead. Yep, that's the exact thing that, that bothers me right now is that volume thing because uh, that's what always made the Seattle passing game successful is they were they were passing the ball 70, 70% of the time. And I think I just read they had the lowest passing percentage in the entire league. It was like 48% or something like that. So, um, yeah, I would, I'd still feel pretty confident putting Lock in my lap, especially this week against the Raiders. Here's just a stupid side story, Balky, but did you hear the story about uh, Doug Baldwin was talking about um, – he was talking about how Marshawn Lynch is this great character player. How he was loved in the locker room in Seattle. And he said this young wide receiver kind of complimented Lynch on his backpack. He's like, oh, that's really cool, man. And Lynch took all of this crap out of his backpack and handed it to that young receiver. Yeah. And that was Doug Baldwin. Oh, nice. So that's just really pretty cool. Oh, man. Cool, man. Just take it. I Isn't did not cool? know that. Yeah, yeah. So cool. yeah, yeah. that's a pretty huh. cool story. Yeah. Marshawn Lynch, uh, he gets a bad rap. Um my co-host on the uh, on the um, uh, on the show with Leo and Balky. Leo was actually ripping on Marshawn Lynch, and I'm like, dude, as a person, I'm like, dude, I think he's a pretty cool person. I heard he's like super, he's like, yeah, cool. off- offering financial advice to anybody in the locker room. <laughs> I'm not in that. I'm not making up. I mean, he's probably loaded. Okay. He's probably got. I hope he has a ton of money. I'm oh, sure. Yeah. I have no doubt he has a ton. Yeah, that guy's well, Josh. <laughs> Listen, Josh, hopefully you will have a ton of money at the end of the season as you are pressing forward, trying to win the FFPC main event, sitting in second place overall right now. Congratulations on all your success, not only this year, but uh, everything you've overcome uh, over the past few years. We, we wish nothing but the best for you there as well. Uh, best of luck to you in all your leagues, my friend. Thank you for joining the show this week, and we will talk to you again real soon. All right, gentlemen. Thanks for your time as well. I appreciate it. Thank you. Josh Siegel, ladies and gentlemen. Jets and Dean, second place team in the FFPC main event as we head forward into week six with one game behind us. Dave, I'm going to let the listeners behind the curtain here for a little bit. I had a soda sitting right out here. Did you happen to drink that soda? (laughs) Okay, that's fine. No, no, no. Don't grab me another one. I don't don't want another one. Don't get me another soda. I am good. I just want to make sure I didn't, like, leave it somewhere. I think I missed it. Great. That's fine. Do you want to go out to wine? No, I'm good. I'm totally good. Let's just get into uh, Fantasy Flash. Thanks to Football Guys, Roto World, Roto Pass. Dave, literally, I'm going to kill you if you ask me if I want something (laughs) to drink again. Mike McCarthy said Geronimo Allison and Randall Cobb will uh, again be working off to the side in practice today with the rehab group. This according to Rob Domofsky, the ESPN Packers reporter on Twitter. So Roto World actually uh, suggests that they're going to be limited at best for practice today. It's obviously good that they're back on the field, especially with Allison being out of the concussion protocol at all. But this is a Monday night game day. They had good news and bad news. They have the extra game or extra day to practice. Who is this? Al- Allison and Cobb. They oh, have, I'm, I'm going to this game, by the way. The, yes. I'm very excited. Yes, I, I will be there with you. With Drew Maselli. Wait, yep, Drew Maselli, Rick Jam, Ricky Vaughn. And uh, you're coming? Yep. For sure? Yeah. I'll right. be there. I'll be checking the Brewers score uh, live at Lambeau Field. Um, they don't have internet. No, you know what's funny is I brought this up on the on on the show with Leo and Balky, which you listen to on uh, 95.3 and 99.1 FM uh, uh, and uh, two to three weekdays, Monday through Friday, and AM 1570 the score. I brought this up. I said I needed one of those portable chargers for my phone to make sure that my phone doesn't go dead 
uh, and I can keep tabs on what the Brewers are doing Monday night. And I actually found somebody who is who is they were listening. They're like, oh, I'll give Balky a, a charger for that, so he can have that at the game. It's one of the one of the great things uh, about being on local radio is you always have somebody who thinks you're the, the cat's pajamas yeah. and, and give you a, a phone charger, which right is on. fantastic. Anyway, the point I was bringing up with this. Um, they get the extra day to try to get ready, Dave, but it's a Monday night game, so you may not have that luxury. It's going to be tough to find replacements in that game unless you have, you know, Marquez, Veldes, Scantling, or, you know, even Equiminius St. Brown, which I wouldn't recommend. Um, and there's certainly – San Francisco is not the pinnacle of health. I know Marquise Goodwin returned to a full practice today and yesterday, uh, but it sounds like Pierre Garçon is going to miss – you kind of got to avoid this situation, in my opinion, if, if you're looking to start a Packers receiver not named Devontae Adams this week. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. And, yeah, I, I know you don't like Randall Cobb at all, but I, I would have loved Trotto, Marquez, Valdez, Scantling, but the thing that throws the monkey wrench into it. it. Yes, if, if uh, Valdez, Scantling, or excuse me, if Allison's active, that kind of destroys MVS's value. Yeah, totally. <clears throat> totally enough to, for me to start him. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that, but I'm just saying he's still got some. I still think he might be all right. Uh, I am still. Uh, what about Jimmy Graham? You think he's? Uh, yeah, he's in for a baffle week. Totally. He, uh, just, he, he just he because again, tight ends are so bad. He still doesn't just doesn't look all that good. He doesn't look great, but San Francisco has given up a touchdown to every tight end they have faced so far this season, except for last week when they faced Arizona and Ricky Seals Jones. So I do believe Jimmy Graham gets into the end zone this week, and especially if Cobb and Allison aren't out there. He and Adams are going to be counted on heavily in that passing game. How about you, five dollars that he doesn't score a touchdown? Yeah, I mean, at, at the game. No, this is a. I got five on. Yeah. Wait, what do you mean at the game? No, we'll be at the game, so we can talk crap about it. Okay, I got five on Jimmy Graham scoring at least one touchdown this week against the Niners. <laughs> I got five that he does not score this week against the Niners in the football game in which once they are playing on Monday night. I don't think we need to qualify it that much. <laughs> I'm going to actually, I'm going to over-qualify from now on on these guys. All right, this is going to be great. When it, I can't wait until he scores his first touchdown. He probably will. Actually, I hope he does. You know, it'll be a fun bet. Yeah, it will be a fun bet. All right, moving on in Fantasy Flash, ladies and gentlemen. Eric Ebron, who is uh, mispracticed Wednesday. Dave, I'm not making this up. And Thursday. Uh, and, and Thursday. He returned to a full practice today. Yep. Um, he had a shin, quad, ankle, and knee issue. That is shin, quad, ankle, knee. All issues there. He returned to a full practice. What's today. that? What's that thing where they have head, shoulders, knees, and toes? Knees and toes. <laughs> what is head, shoulders, knees, and toes? Head and shoulders, knees, and toes. <laughs> Shin, quad, ankle, knee. Eric Ebron. <laughs> That's pretty good. On the uh, football guys audible Thursday night, Gene Brammel, who's the excellent uh, injury analyst they have over there. The doctor? The he do- a doctor? Yeah, he's a doctor, and he actually said, now he is a a pediatrician, but he said. In his ex- in his experience, that when somebody that's a foot doctor when they oh, that's no that's a, a podiatrist. Oh yeah, um, he's he a kid doctor. Yes, in his experience, when people come in and complain about multiple things, like oh I got a thing with my eyelid, I got a thing with my finger, my elbow, Can I guess? my hip. Go that, ahead. Process? That no, that they're like actually no 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 don't come on <laughs> that there actually is nothing wrong with them <laughs> that's at all funny. you know. Yeah. And so I don't They're know if this is one of those things where Ebram was like, oh, I, you know, I, I just, I'm aching all over, everything hurts, and, and really it was just general soreness. I'm not sure. 
but he did return to a full practice day listed as questionable. I know Aunt Jemima was talking in the chat room earlier that he may miss this week, but I actually feel pretty good about him playing, and I feel pretty good about starting him this week as well. Uh, the one thing that's scary that I read on uh, Roto Blurb or whatever it was is that they did activate some practice squad tight ends. Um, but the fact that he practiced today is always is always a good sign. Full practice today. Full practice. I, I, and I, Jack Doyle already out. Yeah, I feel pretty good about and, and really don't have many more options. Yeah. The only you know like in some of the Kentucky leagues, I have Gronk and Ebron like at least one league where so I'm not not just like oh I have Tyler Boy or Ebron. And then I'm like mad because I maybe benched him. We benched him in one league last week when he scored right. 30 points. But yeah. now you're like trying to do the rebound, chasing points. Yeah, and then you get a zero. Um, I own him in two leagues. In one league, uh, my other tight end's Evan Engram, so I'm clearly playing Ebron there. Um, and then in the other league, here are my other choices. If I'm not the only serious choices, would yeah. you would you rather start Eric Ebron or Jimmy Graham? Uh. So that's fairly close, to be honest with you. I okay. would start Graham, I guess. Okay, I would too. Would you rather start Eric Ebron or... Because Graham's healthy and, you know... Favorite. Right. Would you rather start Eric Ebron or Tevin Coleman? Coleman, for sure. I don't think Freeman's, Freeman's, Freeman's out. He's out. Yeah. He's already out, yeah. So I I don't have a way to right. get Ebron in my life. Yeah, so okay. well, I mean, I have a way to get him in at one. He's already in there. So I'm yeah. kind of, you know... You I, have some good teams this year, Bob. I made my bet. Yeah, we'll see. I'm, we'll, we'll see how it goes. It, it's still early on, but, but you know, there's... Few man fighting chances, which is all you can ask. Uh, okay, perfect segue. Devontae Freeman ruled out this week. He did not practice today, according to Bob McClure on Twitter. Um, Tevin Coleman and Ito Smith, how do you envision this backfield split going? And more importantly, can you start Ito Smith as a flex this week in the FFPC? To be honest with you, I think you actually can. Ito Smith has been pretty productive. But if you have better options, if you have a wide receiver in the 30s, um, I think I'd go that direction. I would start Bill Apollo over him, but I would not start Crowell over him. So if that, I don't know if that makes sense. Well, Crowell may not play. Yeah, he may not. But right. I mean, if he, even if he does play, I think I might actually. Well, that it gets a little closer because Crowell had such a fantastic game. Right. Um, Seventy thirty split sound about right to you in Atlanta? Sure. Yeah, about right. Okay. Um, I would, if for what it's worth, I would. Well, in FFPC, it gets a little bit dicey. Um, I would definitely play Powell over Ito Smith. Um, Kroll over Ito Smith. That's a question. I think I would rather – if Kroll's active, I'm I'd probably play playing Kroll. over, over yeah. Ito Smith. But I think, you know, honestly, you're looking at the teams uh, uh, on by this week, Dave. You don't have Kamara. You don't have Mark Ingram. You don't have Carrion Johnson. There's a plus – I mean, there's a ton of receivers that you're missing. Golden Tate, Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, Michael Thomas, Traquan Smith, uh, Cameron Meredith, all those guys you're missing. I mean, maybe you are in a pinch and, and you need to, you know, figure out – that uh, second flex, and, and you could do worse than Ito Smith uh, for what it's worth for anybody who is making that decision this week. Uh, another segue, you're, you're, you're crushing the segues tonight, my friend. Isaiah Crow listed as questionable for week six against Indianapolis. Thank you to Rich Semini on Twitter with this. He is expected to be a true game-time decision. They do kick off at 1 o'clock on Sunday, so you'll definitely know by 11.30 whether Kroll is in or whether he's out. And honestly, if you own Bilal Powell, you're kind of rooting for Kroll to be listed as out so you can get Powell oh, sure. his touches. Right. Uh, if he is active, uh, I think you can plan on probably 15 to 20 touches for him in that Indianapolis game. Uh, maybe 20 is a little bit aggressive, but 15 probably. Right. And by and large, you're probably playing him at that spot. If you if he is getting 15 touches, it's a little tough to start. If you have a good receiver that you think is going to get seven to ten targets, well, and he's coming. He's coming off that 200 yard game. I know. Which, I mean, he's a he's a very talented back. 
I don't know about very talented. Well, but he, I mean, he's been chewing up yardage. You know, there are some really great uh, people like Matt Waldman who love Crowell coming out in the seventh round yeah. that year. He was, was number probably his number two running back. He might he might have had me over Barkley this year for crying out loud. I don't know about that, but well, he did uh, have trouble over Barkley. Oh, did he really? Yeah. Just well, to be clear, the Browns may have to. You know, maybe, you know, hey, the jury's out. The jury is five out. years from now, who knows? Yeah. Well, but Barkley's got a can we just, got a substantial lead. Can we just know? talk about Saquon Barkley for a little? Did you watch that game on Thursday? Uh, yeah. Well, I was switching between that and you know, you know, terrible news channels. I was I, I watched that. I was working at home that night, and I I I couldn't like. I mean, it would. I don't like to use hyperbole on this show unless I'm obviously kidding. But there was a couple of moments in that game where I was watching Barkley play where my job was literally, like, my mouth it was, was like a, tech mobile. My mouth was agape. It was like Bo Jackson tech mobile. I mean, the one, the 50-yard pass he, he yeah. had, or I can't remember if it was a pass or a run early, I'm just like, how is he getting out of this? And knowing that that defense knew that Eli Manning could not pump the ball downfield to Odell Beckham or anybody where you could totally key in on the run. You knew if you could stop Barkley, you would shut down that Giants offense. And Barkley still had over 200 yards. You know, people want to say, especially after last night's game, as, as the Giants fall to one and five. But Twitter is great about this. Go ahead. They, about that they, they, they should have taken a quarterback. Yep. And, and uh, it's, it's, so, it's so obvious. I mean, like this, this the, the offense is being held hostage by Eli Manning at quarterback. Which is and, true. And it was a terrible selection by Barkley. Well, I'll tell you what. There is nothing terrible about Saquon Barkley as an NFL player. He may have been the wrong choice for the Giants there, but my gosh, is he so much fun to watch, and he is going to pay dividends for fantasy owners at pending health for years to come in this league. I totally agree with you, and it's funny because Barkley is a fantastic player. He could be, he could be a Hall of Fame running back, and at the, same time, at the same time, he may have still been, again, whatever you he still may have been the wrong choice for the Giants right. at that spot. I mean, he really, truthfully, right. he could be a Hall of Famer, but because they passed on Darnold, or Darnold Rose, Rosen, yep. or who else? I mean, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. There was somebody, uh, who else did they, uh, the Jets? Oh, that was Darnold. Darnold, Darnold yeah. yeah. Is there anyone I'm missing? There was, yeah, there is somebody we're missing. Mayfield went one. Yeah. Mayfield, Darnold, Rosen, Jackson. Maybe that was it. Maybe Josh Allen. I mean, oh, Josh, Josh Allen, yeah. Josh Allen, I mean, I crapped all over Josh Allen, but he's actually not been god awful. Right. He Which is saying still, something for that Buffalo. He might team. still be god awful, but if, I don't know. I mean, if you were Dave Gettleman and you had that number two overall pick, um, tell me uh, at the time what you would have done with it if you were the GM of the Giants. Um, would you have taken Barkley or would you have gone Darnold? I would not have taken Barkley. I would have gone. Either Darn, I would assuming probably, I would, I, assuming I, you couldn't trade down. I probably would have taken Josh Allen, actually. That's the player at that over, time. Over Darnold. Yeah, I did not have Darnold as high yeah. as I had Josh Allen. Either. And knowing what we know now, what would you have done? Um, Is it still Josh Allen for you? I mean, yeah, Darnold, Darnold looks really good. Yeah, Darnold does look good. I, you know what? I probably, because I have not watched a lot of the Cardinals games, I probably would go with Darnold, actually, at this point. He has looked great. He looks Super comfortable. It just he looks really yeah. good. He looks strong. When I, I forgot to tell you this, I was going to work out. I mean, and he's a very young starting. You know, very young. So I like that. Yeah, he is. I was going to work out Sunday morning uh, when the Bills were in town to face the Packers, and um, Josh I, Allen was there. No, no, no. I was <laughs> I was driving I was driving downtown to the gym, and I see all these red and blues in front of me. I'm like, what is going on? Oh, yeah. Sunday morning. The popo. Yeah, that that there's this many police out, and it was the the police. Police motorcade, or, what are they? Police escort 
Yeah, I, the, the, the Bills bus passed me on, on the way out. So, yeah, so just so everyone knows, in Green Bay has such crappy hotels right. that they go to the crappy Appleton Hotel. Which is where Dave and I live. Which is where we live, which is about 25, 30 minutes away. That's where, they, that's where the visiting players always stay. Right, play. yeah. And, I mean, seriously, though, the best hotel here is like a three-star out of five, not even a four. It's not it's out of five. It's pretty awful. The gift shop is got awful. I don't know yeah, how many. Yeah, the gift shop's really good. That's the Radisson in Appleton. It's, I believe it is called the Paper Lion now. Oh, whatever. whatever. Yeah, so they changed the name on it. Dumb. Have you seen the hotel that's being built down by the river on the east side of town? It's like no. kind of out in the middle of nowhere. No. Um, it looks very, very nice. Well, I hope that it's, I mean, I hope those players <laughs> to stay. Yeah. Regardless, though, I mean, so then they have to drive 30 minutes north, you know, and see all the crappy billboards and highway 40. For what it's worth, and I'll say this, too. I don't know if you could take this for what it's worth, Dave, but the Bills were in town on Oktoberfest weekend. <laughs> and they stayed downtown that night when all of the Fox yeah. Valley was downtown. Everyone is, everyone is drunk on Looting and pillaging, throwing yeah. beer and stuff around, yeah. and, and they got shut out the next day. That's pretty I funny. Know. I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe there's something to it. Uh, it's entirely possible. Let's get the fantasy feedback here, ladies and gentlemen. Don't play it, Rob, as we are running low on time again. Hey, let's lead off with a message from audio engineer Bryce. Oh, boy. He is faced with a deal in his league. Now, Dave, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pitch this deal to you. I'm not going to tell you his current situation. You tell me what he should do. Should this he, is redraft. This is redraft. Yep. So this probably isn't helping out a whole lot of people, but it'll give, you, give everybody, all the listeners a gauge on what we feel like for these players going forward. If you were Bryce, would you trade James Conner for Doug Baldwin? Uh, I would not. You would not. Here's his current situation. At running back, he has James Conner, Alvin Kamara, David Johnson, James White, Matt Breida, Carrion Johnson. This is a PPR league. Okay? His receivers are Larry Fitzgerald, Mike Williams, Marquise Goodwin, Ted Ginn, Robbie Anderson, and Taylor Gabriel. Would you still keep James Conner and not trade him for Doug Baldwin in that scenario? Yeah, because, I mean, he has so many good running backs. You could, I mean, his receivers are god-awful. His running backs are amazing. He should be firing out, like, multiple offers, like, you know, I don't know, like Annie West and the old wild up, just just firing off trade offers like crazy with his awesome running backs for good receivers. I mean, seriously. So get a, get, that's, that's not a good enough deal. So go Ixnay on Connor. Trade, on the, trade Kamara for like three awesome receivers. I mean, you get like two or three good receivers for him. That That's not, I mean, yes. You might be able to, but that's always it's difficult to do. He said he was striking out. Trying. And honestly, if you're in redraft right now, wouldn't you be trying to trade James Conner? Wouldn't that be the guy? He's, he's yeah, stands- but that's, yeah, everyone knows that. I mean, it's not like this is some Well, secret. I mean, this, this guy who's willing to part with Doug Baldwin for James well, Conner. Baldwin's been crappy this year. I mean, get a guy who's producing. I mean, for God's sake, you can get Cooper Cup for David Johnson. I mean, David Johnson is still worth more than Cooper Cup. But Cooper Cup, by the way, if he, he's playing this weekend – He's on pace like 330 fantasy points for the love of God. Yeah. That would be the number one wide receiver not only last year but the year before. This is, I mean, pick him up get, or get cooked. It's the same team. These guys are killing him. True or false, Doug Baldwin finishes as a top 30 receiver false. this year. True or false, Doug Baldwin finishes as a top 40 receiver this year. Uh, false. Top 45. Sure. Yeah, true. Okay, know. all right. So, I mean, he's kind of like a low-end wide receiver four for you the rest of the way. I mean, well, You I mean, don't envision him turning things around. I don't, not really. Right now, he's, you know, he's still got these problems. I mean, just like Fitz right now, it's like Fitz is getting three or four targets a week, and he's not doing anything. He's got right. a good hamstring. It's like it doesn't look good for those guys. All right, let's go. Well, to, go with what's working. Yeah. Uh, let's go to um, Cliff in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. He writes, hey, fellas, what's up? It, this is actually funny. I don't think I ever told you this, but they're um, – 
the local radio show I do in the afternoon is um, it leads into the Mike Heller radio show, which is syndicated across the state of Wisconsin. And um, his quote-unquote co-host, John Audius, is on this show, and he every time he introduces John onto the show, John always says, hey, fellas, what's up, when it's just him and the co-host. You know? so it's very cheeky. It's very funny. Clearly, Cliff is listening on the whatever it is, the, the big ticket. Uh, down in Milwaukee. Uh, you're right, say, fellas, what's up? I got burned by starting Dalvin Cook against the Rams when he didn't play in the second half. Would you trust him and his quote-unquote bulky hamstring this week against the Cardinals? Other options I could play instead of him are Alex Collins, Alfred Morris, Robbie Anderson, and Larry Fitzgerald. Go Brewers! That is Cliff in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Go Brewers indeed. All right, so, so if Morris and Anderson fit. Let, 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 let's, let's take the first part of this uh, question first. Would you would are you trusting Dalvin Cook in your lineups this week? Not really. So you're you're very lukewarm on that. Now right. here here's here's the other options you have. We'll play a mini would you rather here with, with Dalvin Cook. Would you rather play Dalvin Cook, who is at home against the Cardinals, very good matchup, or would you rather play uh, Alex Collins who's on the road at Tennessee? So let's assume Cook is like looking good and warm up. Assuming he's active. Yeah, then I would start Cook over Collins. Okay. Collins is – I wouldn't start – I think I'd start Devorius Allen against better judgment of some people. The fantasy pros ranking is have Alex Collins over Allen. I mean, I'll take the guy who's getting, catching passes and yeah. the goal line back, actually. I mean, Collins is nothing all that. Yeah, what's the attraction with Alex Collins? Yeah, he's he's like, not getting goal line and he's not catching passes. 13 for 40 and one catch for four. I mean, what, what good is that? Yeah. Uh, would you ra- – I, I guess maybe you're going to say Cook to all these now. Um, at Dalvin Cook or Alfred Morris on Monday night in front of us at Lambeau Field? I would consider Morris because he's going to get the start and probably the, the Lions share of the carries. I don't, I don't know what their the line is. I'm guessing it's like maybe they're a seven-point dollar. Nine and a half. Nine and a half. Okay, so nine and a half. Um, so that's not a good, I mean, it's not probably a good situation, a right. road team that's a big dog. I mean, Morris can catch some passes. He's not he has catch. been catching passes. So, Matt Breida yeah. probably not going to be playing in that game. Yeah. Um, man, I, I guess I'd still start Cook, but close. Uh, I would, too, as long as he's active. Dalvin Cook or Robbie Anderson? I guess this is a coach question. Robbie Anderson at home against that Colts secondary. Yeah, I don't trust Robbie Anderson at okay. all. And then uh, Dalvin Cook or another guy who's been battling Cook. hamstring issues, Larry Fitzgerald. Cook, okay, fair enough. Uh, moving on to Paul in Griffin, Georgia. He writes, Dear Irving and Randy, I am missing Michael Thomas, Cam Meredith, Kenny Galladay, and Golden Tate this week, and am desperate for a wideout. Would you guys cut Chris Hogan, or do I need a, or do I need to keep him around a little bit longer? This is a 12-team. 20-man roster league. That is Paul in Griffin, Georgia. Thank you for the email. Dave, I noticed your head nod in the intro when I read this. You think it's time to cut bait on Chris Hogan? Uh, I was, you know, yes. I, 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 would, I didn't draft Hogan in any leagues. I didn't advise anyone to draft Hogan in any leagues. And if you draft Hogan in leagues, I think, yeah, maybe you move on and try and get somebody else. Hopefully, you know, hopefully you picked up a Cootie-type player. Yeah. And you can just kind of, you know, like, move on. It's like, you know, sometimes you make mistakes. Okay. Who, who would you rather have the rest of the way, Chris Hogan or Traquan Smith? Uh, I don't know. I mean, fact, I think, factors I, I think, to consider. Rob Gronkowski, Josh Gordon, Sony Michelle, yeah. James White. Yeah, I mean, I probably, I guess I'd rather have Smith. But, I mean, Traquan Smith, I mean, he's a, he might be a little bit of a fool's goal. He had, what, three targets, and he had, you know, a big game. Um. Ted Dim, when he comes back, who even knows if Trey Consequence is getting targeted? That's entirely possible as well. Another factor to consider. No, neither, neither, whatever. Neither, neither, either, either. (laughs) Let's call the whole thing off. 
Uh, all right, final email tonight. Dave, we're going to get this done pretty close to an hour. By the way, if you're interested in making a lot of money, go to chrishogan360.com. What's It'll that? turn you into an everyday millionaire. And by the way, this Chris Hogan is, is that? a big black guy. Oh, okay. But I just Googled Chris Hogan and that's what came up with him. Got it. You can build a lot of extraordinary wealth. Can you play <laughs> a Would You Rather with Kiki QT versus Buffalo this week? I have a plethora of options I'm considering via my bench and trades. I've listed said options below so Bulky won't have to work very hard. Not that he does anyway. Have a great weekend. That is John in Millbank, South Dakota. Um, so would you rather with Kiki QT, Dave, I'm going to go through this with you. These are all options that he can either, I guess, uh, deploy uh, in his lineup or he can make deals for these guys. Would you rather play Kiki QT or Tariq Cohen at the Dolphins? Uh, QT. I agree. Kiki QT or D.D. Westbrook at Dallas? QT. I agree. Kiki QT or Kenny Stills against the Bears? Um... I'll take QT still. I agree. Kiki QT or Jordy Nelson uh, against the Seahawks? Um, Kimmel is a bit uh, tougher. I'll take Jordy, actually. I will, too. And the reason for that is because Jesus Aguilar just hit a home run. All right. Six to one. Woohoo! Barn it on. Bucky, no one cares about your stupid baseball. Uh, there's probably some people that All care right, six about to it. One uh, look at that wasp guy. Just chimed in, put in the chat. Milwaukee 6, LA 1, and bottom of 7. Bucky, by the way, is wearing a bunch of Brewers crap. Are, do you wear, what are you wearing, Arcia? Arcia? Or, yeah, I'm wearing an Orlando Arcia jersey and my fitted Milwaukee Brewers hat. B-L-A, B-L-A, B-L-A. It's a fitted hat. You have to you tell everybody it's your stupid hat is fitted. And otherwise, they think I'm a poser. You are a poser. I am not a poser. Obviously, you wear any Brewers stuff all year long. Well, yeah, because I, I care about the playoffs more. i got to save up my energy for it. <laughs> I actually think you are an actual Brewers fan. I, I mean, I do follow them. I'm actually from Milwaukee, though, so I grew up in the hood. Well, I mean, actually, it was Greendale. Yeah, I was it, come on. There's, like, all white people. Let's be honest with the listeners here, Clarence. <laughs> you, know, you don't need to be lying. Like, 27th in North Avenue? Yeah, uh, you know, like, exactly. Uh, people had pit bulls. You know what's funny is, is um, I, my mom and me actually went to the game um, – a couple Sundays ago, the fi- the the quote unquote final regular season game when they really had another regular season game the next day. Right, yeah. But we were we were talking, we we're all excited, you know, this big winning streak they they were on, and we got we we parked in a part of the parking lot I I don't normally park at, and I got turned around coming out of there, and I'm like, hey mom, I'm, I'm screwed up. She's like, oh, punch it up in my GPS. Well, I already had it up in my GPS, and then they 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 differed, you know. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to be nice to my mom. So I'm like, okay, we'll go with yours. Well, it led us into I don't know yeah. where. And, right. and, I'm like, and I'm like, I'm like, God, I just hope we don't go past North Avenue. All of a sudden, I see North <laughs> Avenue coming up, but it wasn't it wasn't the, the really bad part of North Avenue. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, and obviously, I survived, so it's all good. <laughs> um, okay. Milwaukee can get dicier than a crap game that gets lost. Yeah, it's parts of it can, as much as we joke around. Kiki QT or Jordy Nelson? We both said QT. I believe we did, right? Yeah. Okay. Kiki QT or uh, Buck Allen at Tennessee? I'll take Jory Allen. Uh, I would too. Kiki QT or Lamar Miller against Buffalo? <laughs> you know what's funny? I'm, I'm going to take QT. Screw Lamar Miller. I would too. I this guy can't score a touchdown to save his life. Kiki QT or Jamison Crowder at home against the Panthers? QT. I agree. And last one, Kiki QT or Monte Doncrief at Dallas? Moncrief sucks. 
I'll take our excuses. I agree. I think we agreed on all of them. That's, That's pretty weird. weird. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for our show once again this week. I want to thank, of course, uh, Josh Siegel, a fantastic guest tonight, second place in the FFPC main event. We'll be following his squad as we move forward deeper into the season. I want to thank Dave Gerzak, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and, of course, each and every one of you for putting up with my god-awful voice tonight. It wasn't that bad. We'll be back live next week at 10, 9 Central. That is the normal time. Um, I may have to talk to you about this, Dave. There's a chance I might be going to game six of the, of the NLCS if it gets that far. Yeah, so, well, I feel like I get those lines. Get those lines. Good luck, Enjoy the game. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. I got enemies, got a lot of enemies, got a lot of people trying to drain me of this energy, trying to take uh, I'll give you three guesses, and I'll tell you who it is. I don't know, Kanye? It's not Kanye West. Uh, Drake? It is Drake. Oh, Second guess. That's good, because I, you know, I don't think I only know two of them. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. If I would have <laughs> said Drake is incorrect, who would, you, who would your third guess be? I don't even know. Your third guess would have been? Like that, what, the, white, uh, the white Jewish rapper, who is it? Um, is it No, the one that Aaron likes. Well, Prof? No, the white Jew, the Jewish white Jew. Oh, uh, Lil, Lil Dicky? Yeah, Lil Dicky. Yeah, Lil Dicky. <laughs> yeah, like Lil Dicky. Uh, I, I, I don't know. And, I don't then, know. and then, like, guest four would have been Eric B. I'd have been like, no. And then <laughs> guest five, Rakim. Incorrect as well. Ice Cube? Yeah. And then I just been <laughs> like, you know what, Dave, you're right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Enjoy week 